the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is 12.06, and you're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, so you know what that means. It's hour number two of The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of The Ohio Press Network, and uh, joining you today. So uh, thank you for listening in. By the way, if you are getting married or you know somebody getting married next year, make sure you check out The Legacy on Possum Run at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. Now, note, Whitney and I have an interest in that business, so we benefit when you do business with The Legacy. Nonetheless, you're going to love it. Check it out. Three beautifully unique spaces comprising the venue that Ohioans are raving about. There's a barn. There's a greenhouse. There's a great room that's rustic. And the cool part, calendar's there so you can see if your date's available. Pricing's on the website so there's no guesswork. And then you get to see all the added bonus stuff that you can get for free when you book the venue. We call it the the decor closet. You want some centerpieces or garland or whatever, it's there for you. So go to the legacyonpossumrun.com. Your legacy begins here. All right, I want to bring him right in. He's a friend of the show. He is Bob France of Always Right Radio on our sister station there in Cleveland. Bob, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing well, Jack. How are you doing? Super fantastic. I'm going to throw you a curveball. You ready? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I always say that words and actions are a barometer. And uh, sometimes you just don't even have to tell me where you are on something. And so uh, today I'm dropping my daughter off at school, and there's a looks to be a 25-year-old girl uh, in a mask outside. And I and I went, okay, probably in the teachers union that she's she's riding with Biden. She's voting Biden in 24. Uh, Bob, what are the words and actions that are a barometer for you? And and maybe you need to noodle it while we talk through it. But uh, have you had any of those instances yet recently where you go? Yep. You don't even need the Biden bumper sticker. I know how you're going to pull the lever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great example of one of them. Um, I don't I don't noodle it and I don't really think about it. I just kind of, you know, instinctively know it when you see people like that, who they are and what they are. And usually and I hate to be, you know, really callous about it or whatever, but I just laugh at them. And sometimes out loud, you know, sometimes just to myself and I'll just kind of chuckle and shake my head and inside my own skull. I'm thinking, what a freaking idiot. What's wrong with these people? (laughs) But sometimes I will walk close enough to somebody who's like that, and I'll just look over and I'll just go, <laughs> and then just keep on going. Yep. And, and it's not intentionally mean. I know it sounds like it, but I just, 
I just I, I want them to know that people are looking at you the way I am laughing at you right now. They may not be wanting you to know it, but but you you know you're you're embarrassing yourself. And so uh, I know who they are and I know what they are. There's no point in asking them how their day is going because they may they may yell at me for misgendering them or something. And uh, so yeah, uh, that's 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 pretty much how you can you can uh, you know you can respond to people when you just see who they are. I had another instance. I'll save it for later in the show. But if you're listening, call eight four four talk nine eight nine. And uh, I'll take your calls the rest of the show after this segment and let me know what are you, what are the instances where you go? Yep. Here's your sign, as the old comedian used to say. Uh, Bob, let's talk about this debate. Did you get to watch last night or did you get to talk about it on the show today or, or read any of the highlighted articles on it? Both, actually. Uh, I did watch it, uh, not not start to finish, but I watched a good portion of it last night and uh, in between doing other things. Uh, and then, of course, all of the real highlights, anything I did miss, I refreshed this morning and uh, we spent a great deal of time analyzing it. What did you think? I have a very strong opinion that not many people agree with. I'll withhold it. What did you think of the debate last night? Who do you think did who do you think benefited from it? Let me let me ask it that way. Well, I don't know if any of them are benefiting from it without Donald Trump being there um, because they need to be there. But look, there's only one person on that stage who is a serious candidate who wants to try to catch Donald Trump and has a chance of doing it. And by that, I don't mean closing a 40 or 50 point gap in the national polls, but I think those are largely irrelevant. But I mean talking about winning in Iowa. Uh, And that, of course, is DeSantis. And what I mean is, Neither Nikki Haley nor Vivek Ramaswamy will take on Trump. They're not acting like they want to catch him. Because, if, you know, if you really want to win the presidency and win the nomination, you have to catch the guy that's 40 points in front. That means you have to criticize him. And that doesn't mean personally the way he criticizes them, you know, calling Nikki Haley bird brain and calling, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis sanctimonious and stuff. But you have to attack his positions, his policy, the holes in his record. Yes, he did great things in, in, in you know, three and a half years. Not so much in the fourth year, uh, but but there are holes in the resume, and you have to be willing to talk about those. Vivek won't touch Donald Trump because he doesn't want to anger the Trump MAGA base so that when 2028 comes around, he gets Donald Trump's endorsement to be the next guy. So he's not really running for president. He's running for vice president, or he's running for a cabinet position or chief of staff or something, treasury secretary, Something that will make him, uh, you know, uh, the, the first guy that Donald Trump looks to to endorse in 2028. N- Nikki Haley isn't on that same exact track, but she won't attack him. Chris Christie attacks him, but he has no chance because he's a clown. Ron DeSantis attacks again, not him personally. He doesn't lower himself, but he attacks some of the actual holes in the record and says this was good, but this was not. And this needs to be done better. So to me, it is a very clear, clear Ron DeSantis victory. He built on the momentum he gained from stripping the bark off of Gavin Newsom late last week. Uh, And I thought Ron DeSantis stood out as being easily the most prepared and presidential of the group. I think, and you're going to laugh at me because I've I've been drinking the Vivek Kool-Aid for a long time. Oh, I I know you have. (laughs) I think he did some amazing things last night. I think he exposed Nikki Haley and Chris Christie within a matter of about a minute. And, and basically said, you know, you're talking like you have policy wisdom, but you can't even intelligently tell us where we need to be there. But yet you're going to puff up and talk about why we might want to send troops there or why we might want to send more money there. And I think he exposed what I would call the swamp. He exposed the people who stand up and repeat the narratives. He is the swamp, Jack. He is the swamp. You think Vivek is the swamp? American people. He's, well, I mean, when you're running for president but not running for president, you won't be honest with the people? That's swampy. 
Um, and, and, and he's not doing himself any favors by being, you know, if I was, if I was Donald Trump and I was worried about Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, I would call him Ramasmarmy because that's how he comes off. You know, and I, you know, Trump likes to do that with names. He comes off as smarmy. He has gotten booed, Jack, in every debate, each of the last three debates at some point for his, I am smarter than all of you. I know the names of Russian provinces and you don't, et cetera, et cetera. It is off-putting to many, many, many people. Uh, and, and, and so, like I said, if he was truly wanting to catch Donald Trump, he would actually have to answer a question about Donald Trump and be critical of Trump's policies and say, here's where I'm better than Trump at this, 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 or this. He hasn't done that one time because he doesn't want to catch Donald Trump. So when you're running for president, but not actually running for president, that's swamp-like behavior to me. And, uh, and that's, that's exactly what Vivek does. And I know you're a fan, but any super smart. And, he, and he's, he's, he's extraordinarily eloquent, and he does know all of the names of the provinces. But he is not a serious candidate because he has no interest in actually catching the guy that's, you know, that's 40, well, in his case, 60 points in front of him. So I thought, um, and I don't want to belabor the, the, the Vivek part of it. I, I understand what you're saying about attacking the other number twos instead of Trump. I believe that he might run for governor in 26 if something doesn't pan out federally. And this would be a great opportunity for him to get name recognition. I can see that too, yes, because then he would have that credential, especially if he does well, like Ron DeSantis does, and like Nikki Healy, who did a decent job as a governor, and Chris Christie, not so much in New Jersey. But yes, as you know, governors tend to want to make that next executive step up to the presidential executive spot, so I could see him doing that, and I'd be very interested in that. But like I said, I, and I like him, and I like a lot of his unwoke policies, but I see a lot of things that cause me great, great concern. And the biggest one of them is that he continues. He's in the final four now that are, you know, among the, the stage last night, not counting Trump, which is five. But he's up there pretending to run for president. And if you are actually trying to catch that guy and you refuse to say one negative word about him, and I don't mean attack him the way Chris Christie does. I'm not saying he should be Trump. Trump's a bully. Trump bullies his opponents. I'm not saying he should try to bully Trump, but criticize something that he's done, something, anything to show people, look, I want to beat Donald Trump, not just be his errand boy. He's not doing that. Yeah. And I thought Ron DeSantis did a good job of not taking the bait from Chris Christie last night, who tried to make him essentially say that Donald Trump is unfit. And he, he kept it about the issue, which is age and not about the person, Donald Trump. Which is an answer to the question, too, by the way. Cause yes. He said, Look, you know, he's going to be 80 uh, in his 80s and as, as in his second term. And we need somebody younger. So when you say he's going to be 80 and we need someone younger, you are answering the question of is he mentally fit by saying without being a jerk about it and saying, no, I think he's like Joe Biden. He's losing his marbles. You know, Ron DeSantis play, you know, stayed stayed, you know, in a classy way, he did answer the question saying, yes, his age is concerned. We need somebody younger. Yeah. And I think two two chinks in in, in Trump's armor could be his spending, though you could account for it and why he did it, and then his position on vaccines. And those things did come up last night. Bob, we've got about 30 seconds. Anything yeah, else you want to say to the listeners before before we wrap? Um, no, I, I, I suppose not, other than watch very closely what's happening in, uh, in uh, UAE right now. The 13-day-long UN COP28 conference, they are going to try to essentially take away all American sovereignty and make us all subject to globalist winds when it comes to climate, energy, and so much more. It's a dangerous thing happening out there. Make sure you have your eyes on it. UAE, COP28, you're absolutely right. We'll talk about it later in the week. Bob, thanks for spending time with us this afternoon. We appreciate you, brother. My, my pleasure. All right. Stay tuned. More on the other side of the break. 
Jack Windsor here, hosting for Bruce Willie today on The Bruce Willie Show. 98.9 FM, The Answer. Thank you for staying tuned. Thank you for your calls and your email messages. Uh, the question I asked last segment, uh, I'd still love for you to respond either via email, jack.windsor at theohiopressnetwork.com, or call us at 844-TALK-989. Words and actions are a barometer. Sometimes people do things and they say things and you go, <laughs> you don't even have to tell me where you stand politically or otherwise. And I gave the example of seeing a what I would say probably 24, 25 year old girl wearing a mask outside today. Um, maybe you have some examples. Give me a call and let me know. You know, one of the ones I've heard is if you're driving down the highway and uh, you look over and somebody's wearing a mask by themselves in the car, they don't need a Biden bumper sticker. You already know. So uh, give me a call. Let me know. Uh, you've been weighing in on Twitter. And by the way, if you're not following me there yet, please do. It's at Jack Windsor, that's W-I-N-D-S-O-R. And I asked, did you watch the GOP presidential debate last night? It got spicy. Who do you think gained the most from it? Nikki Haley, 3.8% of respondents believe that she gained from it. Chris Christie actually did better than that. That's so hard to believe. 5.8% according to the respondents who have uh, replied on my site, on my page. Vivek Ramaswamy sits at 50%. Ron DeSantis, 40. So they were the two clear victors in my mind. And and I think this kind of is going exactly how I would put it. Although I, I would say Chris Christie is a zero. I wouldn't even put him at 5%. He is the epitome of hypocrisy and the swamp, in my opinion. Um, so today, uh, looking at the Ohio Press Network headlines, today's the day that you can legally use marijuana. Now, there's a caveat. You have to wait for the General Assembly to iron out all of the wrinkles. Keep in mind, this was not a constitutional amendment. It's issue two. It was a proposed state statute, which is uh, something that gets voted on and approved, and then it gets thrown over the wall to lawmakers who then you know, iron out any wrinkles, make sure that things aren't broad and ambiguous, and then pass it, send it to the governor to sign. Well, the Senate attempted to do that last night, and they handed it over to the House. The Senate reached a bipartisan compromise, by the way, late Wednesday, and it included provisions for homegrown plants, uh, expanded licensing for dispensaries, And allowed counties to put an excise tax on the ballot. Now, Senate leaders expected the compromised legislation to be approved by the House Wednesday night. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. But House Speaker Jason Stevens adjourned without taking up the bill. Frankly, I was very surprised. That's what Senate President Matt Huffman said. We had made it clear and the governor had made it clear that we had wanted to send this over to them. Now, Governor DeWine said the House's failure to act opens the black market for marijuana sales. Without enactment of this bill, we will have the following situation. While it will be legal for Ohioans to buy marijuana, there will be no place for them to buy it. The House is not expected to be in session again until next week. 
So the Senate amended the bill, and those amendments included immediate implementation and access to recreational marijuana sales 90 days after passage rather than nine months. So it quickens that process so you can use uh, and have access to 90 days after this passes. Uh, Provide a process for immediate expungement of marijuana possession convictions upon request. Did you know that that was in the bill? Provide a funding stream covering legal fees and court costs related to expungement. And then it leaves voter-approved possession limits on extracts at 90%. But the THC levels uh, – or I'm sorry, no. Extracts are 50% instead of 90. THC levels are 35%. And it allows six homegrown plants per household – allows anyone who qualifies to apply for a license rather than only those already in the marijuana business. It allows counties to place a marijuana excise tax on the ballot, but it does prohibit indoor smoking. Now, Rob McCulley, he's a Republican from Napoleon, he said, it's important that Ohioans have immediate access to tested and certified recreational marijuana. They can have competence in buying. Additionally, this bipartisan plan will help dissolve the underground criminal market with legal sales beginning immediately. Without these changes, issue two would delay the program for nine months. Today, the Ohio Senate rose to the moment, listened to the voters, engaged in true bipartisanship, and crafted adult-use marijuana legislation in response to the November 7th election results. That's Kent Smith. He's a Democrat from Euclid. I was grateful that the provision that I advocated for, that all 88 counties are now able to use marijuana revenue to reinvest in their creative economies, was included in the legislation. What do you think? I took a ton of heat yesterday because I said that I thought the THC levels were high. I think that there is uh, already a black market, there's already usage going on and that this will make marijuana more accessible. And I think it will make it more accessible for underage consumers of of weed. I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I just don't think I'm wrong about this one. And uh, no one seems to want to talk about what the department uh, or excuse me, the drug enforcement agency talked about last week and we reported on, which is that China, for about a decade now, has been manufacturing potent pot in the United States. And uh, the DEA said this. I didn't. And that it's poisoning us. That it's having a negative impact. And that it's a gateway for other things. And the other things, of course, are the things that (laughs) communist Chinese government is selling to drug cartels in Mexico to create illegal drugs that are then coming over the border. But today you can get high in Ohio. You just can't buy it anywhere because it's not available. Up next, uh, we'll be joined by State Representative Beth Lear from Ohio District 61. And uh, she has a plea for State Senator J.D. Vance. We're going to talk about it and why it's important. So stay tuned. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.